We are so excited to announce that we have opened the doors to our private membership community, The Symposium. Inside The Symposium, you have access to all of our free and paid content, daily prompts to pull to, live monthly workshops, reading room Zooms, and monthly virtual meetups. We also host monthly challenges and have a lively and engaged community, as well as tarot spread and resource libraries. The Symposium is an incredible community of like-minded folks who value the intersection of tarot, mental health, self-reflection, and personal growth. We're really excited to meet you all inside the symposium. So head over to thetarotdiagnosis.com and click join the symposium today to become a part of our community. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Luna. So welcome back. After our very first hiatus of all times, it feels so good and also a little weird to be sitting here again. But I'm really excited about talking about our topic this week. We're going to tackle, it feels like very appropriately for this time of year, we're going to tackle the concept of ambition, which seemed so easy at first, but Um, I quickly realized that it's going to get complicated. Right. Which is usually what happens with us, right? Like (laughs) we take a topic and we're like, yeah, we'll just talk about it. And then we're like, oh shit, (laughs) this got deep. (laughs) But it does make sense. You know, this ambition has been on our list for a little while and I kind of ignored it, but then it felt right when we were trying to figure out how we wanted to end our hiatus and come back and start the new year because you know, I think with every new year, there's this inherent pressure to mm. actually be ambitious and, you know, to start all these new routines and new ways of living. And we often start off really strong with really good intentions and then slowly or suddenly fall off and stop everything. And then we feel like crap. So I'm interested to unwrap this topic with you and figure out and examine our relationships with ambition the intentions we have behind it, where it comes from, what it means, the role it plays, all that good stuff. Yeah, I want to talk about all of those things. Right? Yeah. All right, let's start by pulling a card, though. All right. It feels so good to say that. All right, let's pull a card. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I'm using, I'm not even going to ask. I'm just telling. I'm using Crow Tarot. How about you? I grabbed Modern Witch. So we're starting off colorful. That feels right. That feels, oh, that feels really right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Not what, what did you pull? I, not what I was expecting. Um, I pulled the moon, but oh. I mean, I love the moon, so I'm happy to see it, but um, wasn't expecting to see it for ambition. So that's interesting. What did you pull? <laughs> um, I, I pulled six of cups and oh. I just don't know what to do with that. So. Six of cups. Okay. Six All right. Well, cups. you know, we're the New Year's challenging us, so it's okay. <laughs> what do you actually, think about that moon, huh? Oh my gosh, this actually might work out really well because before we hopped on here, you were like, what are we going to say about ambition? And I was like, oh, I read these cool studies. No, I think this is actually going to, I think this is going to make sense with both of our cards. This might be a beautiful pairing. 
So (laughs) the moon, unconscious, things we don't, can't really see or explain right away. I Mm. was reading an article. It highlighted the work by a psychologist, Dr. Uh, David McClellan, a super famous dude from Harvard. And he talks about ambition being born from this deeply inherent unconscious drive that we might have, which could be from our childhood. So it also sounds kind of Freudian. Maybe we had to be hyper-independent as a kid and that is what's fueling our ambition or perhaps growing up, our parents or our caregivers had really high expectations of us. And now this drive or ambition that we experience is really coming from uh, maybe some unmet needs or roles that we had to play early on that we might not be aware of. That's my first thought with the moon, which I think ties in nicely with your six of cups. I mean, it sure it sure <laughs> does. I mean, um, after I sort of thought about it for a second, I was like, oh, oh okay, that actually does work really nicely. <sighs> As I thought about ambition coming into this, I, I think that you and I both landed on this question of how much of ambition is an inherent trait and how much mm-hmm. of it is something that's a, that's a product. It's the nature versus nurture question. Um, and I don't know if we'll be able to like parse that out fully, but I think both play into it. Um, and I might actually put a little sunlight on this idea of unmet needs or sort of I- ideas from childhood. I saw yeah. the funniest thing on, I don't know, the Instagram the other day. And I think mm-hmm. it's a reference not everybody will catch, but there was um, it was about like therapy, you know, like those ones where it's like therapist says, and I say back and the therapist said, well, what were your expectations for adulthood? And it says me. And it was a picture of a Richard Scary book, which hits home for me because I was right in that age. But it was these wonderful books when you were when I was like two or three years old that were like, here's the happy village and here's the fun postman and here's oh, the wonderful bakery yeah. and I mean, it hit me like in the gut because I was like, that is exactly what I expected as a child, that I was going to grow up and lowly warm and I were going to drive the dump truck (laughs) and like meet the pickle man and it was going to be great. And I think that there might be some idea of ambition that's actually very sweet and that that returns to that Mm. six of cups. Maybe there is a real innocence around Mm -hmm. our ambition, around this idea of I can do it, almost sort of a naive magician of like, but if I just work hard enough and if I just manifest enough I just keep going I'm gonna be the president and there's something actually very dear about that that I want to keep um keep tenderly while at the same time recognizing that ambition can certainly get shadowy very very quickly Oh, that's a really good point. I'm so glad that you brought up the magician too, because that's one of the cards I laid out. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I would say about the magician with, with this other than maybe the the stereotypical, like, you have what it takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I really love the way that you you identified that. I think it's fascinating that we have just opened the door and suddenly head first into childhood with yeah, ambition. Yeah, be right there. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that to be the first thing we talk about. I figured we would dive into the whole nature versus nurture concept or approach that is definite that definitely exists here. But it's interesting to to kind of come come at this right out the gate. Another card that I that I laid out that I pulled from the deck is Seven of Cups. And mm. 
I want to talk about the Seven of Cups in relation to a medical professor at Johns Hopkins who talks about this genetic predisposition to ambition, which, Mm. you know, if we're talking about nature versus nurture, here's the, the nature part of this. And he described that some ambitious behaviors can be a functional form of mania, which I thought was like so cool. Like what? No way. Like, and in this case, right? Yeah. So much better. (laughs) So the seven of cups is reminding me of that because, you know, he talks about this, this hypomania, right? A person's mood, energy, creativity, and and risk taking tendencies becoming elevated, which I feel like can give off this seven of cups vibe. Like, Oh, look at all these possibilities. And Oh, I'm so excited. I could go here. And Oh, but what if I jumped into this cup and Oh, now I'm so inspired by this cup and oh what happens if I you know look in this one over here and (laughs) I love that you said oh that makes me feel better because there's that kind of like relieving component there of you know oh my mania is just ambition (laughs) because (laughs) you know I think so many of us when we hear mania or oh gosh they're manic we automatically think of bipolar and there's so much stigma around that and you know I think for this particular type of hypomania there isn't a bipolar component. It's just someone who's predisposed to this functional level of mania. So another interesting component is that he talked about there being a correlation with success in this level of mania and also an increase in neurological motivation sensors that fire at higher rates for those who are predisposed to ambition. So the brains of people who are maybe more ambitious than the average person are slightly different so there is this biological component, this, this nature component for sure. But it makes me wonder, going back to the moon card originally in this work from David McClellan from Harvard, how much of that ambition is maybe celebrated or encouraged versus maybe, maybe the messages that you receive around it are, no, you're not supposed to be ambitious. So that's where nurture comes in, right? Like how much of this is your natural state and how much of that is Uh, celebrated and encouraged to be kind of front and center or, you know, displayed or worked on and how much of that is maybe you're told you shouldn't really go down that path or you, you shouldn't be too ambitious. See, this is what's so interesting about this word is that I feel like, actually, I think that the moon is a really perfect card for it really in a way because it captures that so quickly ambition can be something very positive or Mm. it can become something very negative. And I feel like it's just walking it just right on that edge. I mean, even like a few minutes ago, you used the word successful and it gave me Mm. pause around the idea of what, what exactly is success? How would we define Mm -hmm. it? And which almost feels to me like four of cups. I've always looked at that figure sitting under the tree with with the arms crossed and sort of refusing that cup as being, um, I guess, unambitious or in my mind as somebody who I think, I don't even know if I would qualify myself as ambitious. Um, Oh, I I would. I know you would. Um, But I said (laughs) to my daughter and my daughter was like, no, um, no way. And and not in a negative way. She meant it in a very positive way. So I mean, like, I think that we can sort of talk about the word in a whole bunch of different ways. I like being productive Mm. and I think that that looks ambitious or I sort of will have big ideas, but um, I want to see what happens with the idea. That's sort of like the motivation. So I think motivation has something to do with it. Oh, for sure. 
but you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm like babbling here, but let me get back to that four of cups. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm a little judgy around that four of cups because maybe that person sitting under the four of cups under the tree is like, I just really don't need what's in that cup. Like, I'm Mm. perfectly fine. And I don't see why you're like over here hooping and hollering about being quote unquote successful or productive or getting things done or acquiring certain things. This Mm. tree is lovely. I can just sit here. That feels very strange to me, but I wonder if maybe it's not better. Yeah. The way you described all that. (laughs) So if you were in my office (laughs) and you said all that to me, I would say, okay, that means you're an ambitious person. (laughs) (laughs) But as you're talking, I'm like, oh gosh, the hanged man just keeps coming up, right? Because it really depends on how we're viewing this this word and what it means to us, because I think we often use ambition uh, synonymously with a lot of different words, um, with aspiration, with, with hope. And to go back to that shadow side, I think that a lot of people also can choose to use ambition and narcissism synonymously. Sure. Yes, absolutely. which is interesting. Maybe we can go down that path for a minute, but there was a, something that you said about motivation. And I do think that's a big, big part of ambition. And cause, because, uh, there's another, I'm throwing out all these psych- psychology folks today, a uh, professor at Stanford, uh, Dr. Carol Dweck talks about there being three basic factors that help motivate ambition. So if you are an ambitious person, you mm-hmm. probably desire to make a contribution to the world or fight for some specific cause or you're passionate about something in a specific area, or you have a longing for fame and fortune, which kind of a caveat to that is it's because you are trying to put in effort to prove your worth, which mm-hmm. I think maybe you could mm-hmm. argue is a fourth component of ambition. I think maybe you could chop those up into two different things, but that kind of gives three of cups vibes, right? Like this desire to contribute for something and celebrate that and a passion for something. And then also this the shadow side of three of cups, you know, longing for that fame and belonging and having to prove your worth. So if you are someone who desires to make a contribution or has a passion for something, you might not be a naturally ambitious person, but what you do with that motivation might be driven by the nurture aspect. Were you someone who was encouraged to pursue those? Or were you someone who was maybe told, oh, you can't do that. Are you out of your mind? Like, what do you mean? You can't change the world. Or, you know, why would you do that? So I think that also goes back to self-esteem. Do you feel like you're someone who can accomplish things? Or do you feel like you're someone who can't? Which I think then goes back Mm -hmm. to what I was saying a moment ago about how people might use ambition and narcissism, for example, synonymously, because they might look at someone who is ambitious and say, oh, God, they're so full of themselves. That's so interesting. You know, as I was talking with my daughter, I mean, apparently we had a great conversation. One of the words that she dropped was Slytherin. And I was like, wait, Mm. what? And I, you know, Googled it real quick. And yeah, of course, that's the top word in traits of the house in Harry Potter, for those who might not know. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming everybody knows. Slytherin gets such a bad rap, you know, like all Uh of the evil wizards come from Slytherin and their number one trait is ambition. But they're also very clever and very resourceful. And I think that Uh some very good wizards probably came out of Slytherin too. But I think that we, it is, boy, like right on, I think that what you're talking about here that's so important comes down to a little bit of the nurturing. So what we're saying is you might have the brain that's predisposed 
to a certain way, a certain sort of functional mania or a certain sort of passion around making the world a better place or something like that. But depending on the messaging that you get, then it can very quickly turn dark or be about personal validation. Or, I mean, I have a, a small sub practice in my practice of working with, I live in Baltimore and in Baltimore, we have a, a pretty heavy um, private school scene. And I have a fair number of clients who are products of these private schools, as I am a product of these private schools and sort of the, the inherent drive of, but I have to make a difference in the world mm. runs pretty deep in a lot of the careful what you wish for. You send your kids to these great schools where they get this amazing training and they're caught with this hang up for the rest of their life about it's my duty to right. do something in the world, which is, again, I go back to that four of cups. Perhaps it's better not to feel that way. Right. That's a lot of pressure. And then is that truly what you want to do with with your life? Or is that, again, just what you've been taught that, that you should do? And that's you what should. makes you a good person, right? Like, right. that's, I love that you kind of went down that path. I'm thinking about my, my queen of pentacles in the chariot I pulled the other day for that two card pool. It was in a reel and I pulled the queen of pentacles for my joy and the chariot for outweighs. So it was the queen of pentacles, my joy of the queen of pentacles outweighs the chariot, which mm. feels right for ambition because personally, like so much of my own experience with ambition is woven with both. This is this idea to nurture and to protect and heal, you know, myself and others, but maybe that more shadow side of, Oh, I'm supposed to do that because that's my role. That's how I was raised. So mm-hmm. that's what I need to continue doing. But then another shadow side, which I associated with chariot was to prove my own worthiness. And when you're, when you're experiencing ambition, I think it is important to kind of zoom out, like essentially what you're saying and say, hold on, I need to leave room for temperance here because otherwise you're getting lost and your joy is getting lost. Am I really doing this because this mm-hmm. makes me feel good and it, and it is a part of who I am at my core? Or am I doing this because I don't feel worthy if I don't and I need the validation of all these people to make me feel better about myself or because it's just what someone told me to do? Oh my gosh. And that's I mean, where, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like reverse six of wands, right? Oh, I ha- and I have six of wands out, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, funny, right. So I mean, that's, I think, the shadow of ambition. Am I doing this for the glory? Am I doing this for the recognition? Oh my gosh. And so interesting. A minute ago, I cut the deck and pulled three of cups and we had talked about it a second ago. You had referenced it earlier, right before the show. Sometimes I'll just pull just to see what happens. And it's not my first card, but I talk about it later. I pulled two of cups. I think that's really Mm -hmm. interesting that these cards are showing up. It feels like so much. Oh, wow. It'll be me who says it this time. How much of ambition is about the idea of isolation versus belonging? <laughs> right? There it, How is, again. Mu- there it yeah. is. How much of it is about I'm ambitious because I want to build something for other people with other people? I love being in community or yeah. being in relationship and being able to grow something versus I need to prove something. I need people to clap while I walk by, you know, with like my wreath on this big stick or whatever. I need to show everybody that I am victorious. That feels like the place that we're like toying with. And you know, the problem is 
if you're ambitious, you are going to have moments where it's tempting to be six of wands. Mm -hmm. And I might argue, be careful with that because humility goes a long way. Oh, 100%. And I love that you're talking about six of wands. I just grabbed the three of wands because I feel like these two cards, based on what we're talking about, go so well together right now. And I think what you just described is how to make sure that your ambition isn't narcissism. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think going back there might be wise for a second because, you know, we were talking about how people tend to use ambition synonymously with different words and narcissism being one of them. And, you know, people might see someone doing something ambitious, like, you know, this person standing on this cliff looking out and saying, oh, like, this, all this land is going to be mine one day, or I'm going to travel, you know, the world or whatever, you know, this is what this three of wands is, you know, giving off. And they're going to be victorious, the six of wands, you know, they see someone doing that and immediately want to label it as big ego or self-absorption. And there, I think there has to be some of that, you know, you have to believe in your abilities and have a little bit of an ego to tackle these big things. Sure. Mm. But the difference exists within how maybe threats to that that experience are perceived. So narcissists are motivated by their self-esteem. So they want to do whatever they can to avoid a threat to their self-esteem. Ambitious people are motivated by avoiding threats to their goals. So if you are someone who is doing something solely for their self-esteem and to avoid any threats to that self-esteem, Mm, you might want to take a look at that. <laughs> but if you are doing something purely that's motivated by goals that you've set, again, going back to the uh, Carol, Dr. Carol Dweck's three factors, you know, the top two being desire to make a contribution or fight for a cause or a passion in an area, that might be more ambition. It's really interesting how you talked about that. I love that. Oh, thanks. And, because I, th- and I think that the truth of it is, is that um, our own personal psyches aren't quite as neat and clean as tarot cards, you know, if only, only. (laughs) Uh, because it does get, um, they overlap. Like we have to recognize that there's shadows and there's light in all of these cards and you can be an ambitious person and part of you do, you do want the glory, but also part of you is sort of looking for the greater good. But I mean, like, I don't know, it just, I think it get it can get muddy in there. Mm-hmm. I love the idea, particularly if we just kind of zoom out for a second and think about, we liked this topic because we're addressing it at this head of a new year. If we think about what is it that I would really love to bring into the world or achieve or see success, however I define that, what would I like to do in the world in that way? And then sort of pausing and asking, and why do I want to do it? Do I want to do it because I want to show everybody or do I want to do it because I think it's going to be super cool? Right, exactly. And then also exploring, do I believe that I can do this? Do I believe that I should do this? And then Mm. figuring out, you know, what contributes to those messages or what messages have I received around ambition and what ways have I been ambitious in in previous times of my life and what would be different about this time if I took on these, these goals or, you know, these, these ideas that I have and, and put them into motion. Oh, that's so interesting though, right? Because one thing that happens when we engage with ambition is that we go on a journey. There's that, Mm -hmm. um, 
that three of wands again. Um, and as we go on that journey, we're inevitably going to learn things and we will transform. I mean, we yeah. might have a six of swords moment or, you know, something is going to change for us. And I think that that's the part, I mean, my gosh, I couldn't even think about it in terms of just this project that you and I have called the Terror yeah. Diagnosis, which was a, arguably it was sort of ambitious of us at the same time. I did feel like it came from a place of like, that would be fun and interesting. Right. The two top things, right? Passion right. and a contribution. Totally, totally. But I mean, do I also get some pleasure out of looking at our numbers? I mean, yeah, sure. I'm not gonna yeah. Lie. of course, of course. Ego boost. Right, right. But what I think is so interesting is the way we transform through taking mm -hmm. these little micro risks and saying, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do the thing. It really does make us a different person. And that could be ugly again, but it also could, if you get addicted yeah, to the exactly. success, but it also can be really transformative. I cut the deck a few minutes ago. I pulled nine of cups, which is one of my new favorite cards. I really have grown to love what this card can be because it's made me think an awful lot about the idea of success. That guy is sitting there, right? And he's got all these cups behind him. He looks really happy, but I have no idea what's in the cups, how valuable the cup, if other people want those cups, or if it's just like, he's really into those cups, but I love how happy he is because mm -hmm. he was clearly ambitious in some way and he got what he wanted but that's his version of success. Right. I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly what I'm sitting here in my mind saying. And I was like, how am I going to put that into words? Because again, success due to ambition is subjective. Yeah. And I think we can get so caught up in being what, you know, society or capitalism tells us is success. And so then we don't celebrate maybe the successes we actually have. Maybe something mm. ambitious for you is drinking eight glasses of water a day <laughs> and oh someone else, right? Someone else might say, it's not me. I'm, I drink too much water, <laughs> but I, that's something like I have to work on with clients. Like I need to increase my water intake. So, but then that's ambitious for them where other people might look about and say like, what really? Like you're celebrating that? Well, yeah, because it's ambitious for me to finally, you know, feel like I'm contributing and fighting for myself and being passionate about my well-being. Yeah. So really, this kind of comes down to a concept of some ways of, of personal values. And oh, I for sure. Right. And I think one of the problems that we run into with this word ambition is that we have cultural values around what success looks like. It looks mm -hmm. like, you know, it looks like money usually. Right. Or fame, or fame and fortune, I guess. But I mean, I actually have a fair amount of clients who will struggle with, I feel like I'm supposed to have a passion mm -hmm. and like, or a purpose. And they just like, they're just living their life. And they're like, but there's almost a guilt or a shame over not being more ambitious, which, yeah, yeah, right. Like, I think that maybe we're a little bit too caught up. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're too caught up in fame and fortune. <laughs> we are definitely too caught up in fame and fortune. Well, because I think that's what you just made a really good point. That's what we are fed. Like in order to be ambitious, you must do these really grand things. Yeah. And you know, we don't 
it's not realistic. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, I've been staring at eight of pentacles and eight of wands and I love these two together. And it makes me think, where's this person? I'm, I'm using modern witch. So there's this person on a motorcycle and these eight wands above them. And there's a lot of energy, a lot of fast stuff. And it's like, where are they headed? Are they just going to, you know, take their motorcycle on a journey and weave in and out of these mountains? Or are they trying to be the person who weaves in and out of these mountains the fastest? And are they, you know, going to be able to enjoy their ride? Um, or are they just doing this thing because they feel like, you know, they have to meet this, this grand goal? So I think that goes back to sitting down and saying, what's really, again, it goes back to what you were saying about goals and values. What's really important to me? And maybe turning ambition into maybe changing the definition to something that does feel more important to you. And also, if you're someone who just is totally fine, like you said, I think when you when you open the episode with hanging out, did you use a tree example? I think you were talking about four of cups. Four of cups, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like hanging out and like you don't need this extra thing. You don't need to to climb, climb, climb the top of this tree. You just, you are enjoying sitting at the bottom of it. That's totally okay. We are constantly faced with this message that we need to be doing more. And that's where I think this eight of wands and this eight of pentacles really comes into play because there's this pressure to be ambitious or succeed, but for who, for what, you know, what matters to you at the end of, end of the day is what's important. I love, I'm really digging these two cards side by side. Like that's so perfect. I mean, you know, I, I, eight of wands and I have a bad relationship. It, <laughs> I, I, I don't like that card because it feels like pressure. It always feels like I'm being pushed, which mm. tells you a little bit about my psyche. But that eight of pentacles feels so, so true. I, I really love the card, particularly because I love the little pentacle that is by that's sort of discarded mm-hmm. to the side. Because to me, like that's my favorite part of this card. Yeah. This guy is working on making these perfect. And that one's not good. So I put it to the side. To me, there's a lesson in that because I always sort of want everything to be good. And the idea of sort of saying like, no, like that one's not good enough. So I'm going to put it down feels almost like, like gasp to me. I'm like, no, no, like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't love that concept. But I think it's a good one. This idea of I'm working to make it good for the sake of making it good, because that's what feels good to me. This slowing down and being deliberate in your work for the sake of doing good work is something that our culture does not thrive in. We do not just, we do not celebrate the victories of hard work or of uh, failures that taught us lessons. We want it to be good and shiny all at once. So I love putting these side by side and questioning it. As you were talking, I cut the deck and I pulled um, the devil, which mm. I think is a great card when talking about ambition and everything that we've said so far. If you're talking about your relationship with ambition or your lack of relationship with ambition, I think it's really good to ask yourself what lies do I tell myself about that word or about what I'm supposed to be doing? And what do I need to tell myself to undo those lies? That is so important. Repeat that again. What lies do I tell myself? And then what do I need to undo these lies? Is that what you said? 
that, that sounds like what I said. Yes. Okay. I, I love that because, you know, I'm looking at modern, Witch. it's obviously a very modern interpretation, interpretation on the traditional Briar weight deck. And the, the people that are portrayed in the images are, are very modern to, to our world. Mm-hmm. And it, it has me thinking about gender roles and the messages we receive and the lies that we receive. I'm so glad you said that because, mm. you know, girls who show ambition growing up are quickly labeled as bossy, where boys who show ambition are very quickly labeled leaders. And these labels then deeply impact our belief and and the narratives that we develop about ourselves, which then impact the paths we choose to walk, especially as it relates to ambition. So I think it is important to look at at what stories you're telling yourself and be mindful about the perceptions you have about ambition and whether or not those perceptions are truly yours or if they've come from the bias of the people around you. And do you believe you're someone who's allowed to be ambitious or is that a characteristic that you believe is negative? Oh my gosh, so interesting, right? I mean, how much, I I feel like there's been a couple moments in this conversation where I'm like, wow, like how we are raised makes such a difference around this, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to yes and it, I think like that's so important to look at what cultural messages have I received? What family messages have I received? Yes. We have to be able to look at it, but then we also do have to be able to say, but I'm the one who lives in my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I get to decide how I want to think about it. And, you know, like it, that's work to say the way I think about this is what I actually believe. Yes. But the logic part of my brain sees that that's not working for me. So I'm going to deliberately work at changing the way I think about it. It's a lot of work, but it's yes. very doable. And it takes it takes the time to develop these insights and it can take years to develop insight and to work to change it. So guess what card I just pulled? (laughs) No idea. Uh, It goes in beautifully with what you were just saying. I pulled judgment. Oh, right. So it's totally about finding your truth and you know, assessing what's really happening for you and taking responsibility in order to, to make yourself whole. Oh, I love that. Okay. So t- I mean, you know, I, I love judgment cards so I much. I, <laughs> yes. I love it. I mean, to me right now, that feels like calling mm. and that's the way I will sort of look at judgment call sometimes card sometimes is about like, wh- what is actually your calling? And I think that when you sort of live in a culture that tells us certain things, we tend to think, well, my calling is supposed to be this, this, or this. But to recognize that your calling is deeply personal, it's Mm -hmm. what you were designed to do, it's how you were created, is to follow your calling. And so ultimately being able to get quiet and being able to say, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? What is my calling? And then following that, even if it's countercultural, that to me is success. And that actually is weirdly ambition, even if it doesn't look like ambition. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.